Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. We are back with another episode. This is God's Holy Word. And the series that we are continuing right now is The Goodness of God. Um, this is part seven of this lovely series, and this is episode 10. And today we're going to take a look at the book of Revelation, the second chapter. So this is going to be in regards to the church in Ephesus. So this will be really neat. And first and foremost, I want to thank all of you, my lovely listeners and subscribers. Thank you so much for joining me. I greatly appreciate you. I want to give a shout out to um, different regions and also to some platforms. First of all, I want to thank Cox Cable, which is my internet provider. You have been absolutely wonderful helping me get my podcast out there. I want to thank Audible. Uh, it's a wonderful platform to use. It's been really great for my podcast. This is really good. It's what people have been wanting to use. There are so many platforms out there. And I'm going to give a shout out to different um, platforms and people that have helped me along the way because I could not do this on my own. So I'm very thankful to you, Audible. God bless you. You're wonderful. Now, I want to give a shout out to several of my subscribers here. I want to give a shout out to Oklahoma. Texas, Nevada, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, and then some countries here that have also been continuing to follow, which is awesome. Love you very much. Ontario, love you. Love you, Canada. I've been there once. Really good place. More specifically, Prince Edward Island, if I haven't mentioned that before. And then Australia, never been there, but might go there someday. And some more listeners from, I have a hard time pronouncing this country because I'm not familiar with it, but it is in Africa. It's called Nayambia. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I greatly appreciate you. I really do. You're absolutely wonderful. So let's go ahead and get started with this lovely book. So again, I am reading from the New International Version. This is the Leadership Bible. Really a good one here. I really love this translation. So let's go ahead and get started with this chapter. So this is chapter 2. It says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the church, or sorry, to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. To the church of the church, or sorry, to the angel of the church in Pergamum, write, These are the words of him who has the sharp 
two-edged or double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin, so that they ate food sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. To the angel of the church in Theatira, write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you and Theatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you, except to hold on to what you have until I come. To the one who is victorious, it's about to skip a page, to the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. That one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my father. I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay, so this is kind of a semi-intense chapter, but it's really interesting to see what's going on here. So John is writing to these different churches. He lets them know what they're doing really good but also what they're failing to do. And the reason why he's telling them what they're failing to do is so that they know what to do to fix it or what they need to know. So that way they can draw closer to Christ because if they continue in their bad ways, then they're going to fall further and further away from Christ as opposed to getting closer to Christ. So what I love about some of these verses, I'm going to chapter 2, it says, I know your deeds, or verse 2, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. So just know that whatever you're doing, even though we are flawed and we fall short of the grace of God all the time, don't give up. He knows our deeds, he knows our hard work, and he knows our perseverance. Being that he knows who we are, where we are, what we are, what we're doing, you know, here we see that Jesus is opening his arms to these different churches, and every single one of them have been doing something good, but also have been doing something bad. So he's always giving people a chance to repent, to come back to him, because he loves them. He loves them very much. What I love in verse 3 is it says, You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, 
and have not grown weary. What I love about that is that it reminds me that, you know, when we are tested, we are supposed to endure. We're supposed to have endurance, and we're not supposed to allow ourselves to get weary. I have fallen short of this. I don't know how many times. I get tired. I get nervous. I get anxious. We're not supposed to have any of that. And so I was watching a really good episode of the uh, Kenneth Copeland um the Believer's Voice of Victory Network, there was an episode of George Pearson's and uh, Gloria Copeland. And what I love was that they actually showed taking communion. And what I loved about this episode is it really talked about the goodness of God and that we all have an angel. We actually have several angels that can help us. But also, they, they really kind of opened my eyes to more of the in-depthness of communion and how important it is. I've always known communion was important ever since I was a little girl. But what I loved about what they were talking about in this episode, it really dawned on me is that if you're suffering, take communion. Because if you are enduring any kind of hardship, you are facing a spiritual attack from the enemy. And if you want to really wipe out the enemy, take communion. Because Christ in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I just thought, you know, I've been feeling kind of anxious lately because I'm waiting for a uh, a work contract to come through that I really want with this one company. And um, I'll just give an example here. Um, I interviewed at this company. It went really well. I think they are a great team. But I had to distance myself from a previous contract. And what's interesting is that this previous contract – I mean, it ended and it was fine, everything, but um, it really made me nervous just continuing to talk to them. So I tried to just draw a line in the sand and just go my own way and whatnot. And it just still kind of made me nervous because there's this, this stupid, irrational fear that I might run into somebody that I know. And it's like, you know, I came across some people in this work environment that I wasn't real impressed with. Um, in fact, I didn't trust them. There was this one guy I worked with in this one particular uh, work environment. He, he was just a, a I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, I guess what we call a blowhard. Like he, he lies a lot about stuff. And he, it was just really creepy to me. And I don't like being around people like that. And I don't like those kind of people knowing my business. So I don't want them to interfere with my future work. But at the same time, I know that God has me in the palm of his hand. I don't need to be worried about that. And the thing is, is that um, I've had bad experiences in the past with people gossiping about me. I've actually had a stalker. I was harassed at a previous job. And so my mind tends to race in terms of that. It tends to think, oh, what if this happens? What if this happens? And it just escalates in my mind. I'm like, no, I'm not putting up with that. And it affects my health. Like I can tell it, it affects my heart, my lungs. I mean, it can affect your central nervous system because that's what anxiety and stress does. And I just thought, you know, this is ridiculous. My mind belongs to me. It doesn't belong to anybody else. And I'm not going to allow it to just run wild. And I'm not going to allow it to fear and have anxiety over this. And it's just one of those things like when I walk away from someone and when I walk away from something, it's for a reason. Like if this other contract had worked out, it would have been awesome, but it did not and I, I chose to walk away from it because another thing, um, the people that I was doing business with, they didn't tell me everything. So it kind of, it bothered me because it felt like I was kind of being thrown to the wolves. And I don't like that feeling. It, it really bothers me. So I was like, you know what? I need to just go elsewhere 
for another business contract and, and do business with people that that don't behave that way and uh, just be around like-minded people. And so I'm, I was reminded of that when I was taking communion um, with Kenneth, uh, or sorry, not Kenneth, but Gloria Copeland and Pastor George Pearson's via their YouTube channel. And this was an episode that was filmed back in 2015. And, you know, I really like how they offered to take communion with the viewer. Like, this is six years after the fact, and I was able to take communion with them, you know, spiritually, you know, physically for me here, but spiritually with them through YouTube. And I just thought, what a blessing that is. And it really... It really warmed my heart. I just felt the anxiety leave. I'm just thinking, you know, I I just am surprised at myself sometimes when I know I have faith. I know that I am a minister of Christ Jesus. And I, I still worry about stuff. And, it, and the thing that bothers me is when I'm around bad people. And that's what bothered me with this previous work contract was that there were some bad people involved. And I don't like doing business with that. I just, it really bothers me. So... Um, I'm, I, I know not to worry. I know not to fear. And what was nice about taking communion was that all that went away. Like I felt my blood pressure return to normal. And I normally don't have a blood pressure problem. Like my blood pressure is super healthy because I'm a runner and I'm currently training for a marathon. But it's just one of those things that bad people make me nervous. They do. And bad people make me very uncomfortable. And it just greatly affects my heart rate. And that's why I was trying to get away from that situation as quickly as possible because I know that I can't really give those people my best when I don't trust them and they're not being honest and legit with me, if that makes sense. But I love the fact that, you know, God knows that I was doing my best. I was working hard. I was, I was persevering in my career. But I also needed to kind of up my game in terms of my spiritual walk with Christ. And so that's one thing I wanted to mention today is that if you were in a spiritual battle, Take communion immediately. Receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And for those that don't know what communion is, communion is unleavened bread. So if you don't have unleavened bread, you know, I use unsalted saltines when I don't have unleavened bread, but that is unleavened, meaning it has not risen, it's flat. So you can use just a simple cracker as a wafer or a form of communion, the bread. Um, I actually do have wine here at my house, and I just take a little bit of it to represent the blood of Christ. But if you don't have wine, you don't have to take wine. You, you can use grape juice. That's fine as well. But those are called the elements of uh, Holy Communion. And so I encourage you to, even if it's not a Sunday, take communion. And so I remember um, there was one year in my life, back in my 20s, where I took communion almost every day at lunchtime. Because I was working a very stressful job, and it should have been a hint, I needed to leave. But the pay was good, and I just kind of tolerated the stressfulness of the situation. But I would always take communion at lunch. I would go to a church and take communion. Well, um, I got made fun of and ridiculed and treated like dirt by my coworkers for going to church every day and for taking communion every day. And so eventually that job did not, did not work out, and I'm glad that it did not work out because there was no way I could grow in my faith walk there, and I was around some really bad people yet again in times past. But I've learned that, you know, whatever I'm stressed about, I need to give that to Jesus. I need to give that to God, and I need to give him a chance to guide me, to give me wisdom. And when I was taking communion today at lunchtime, which was such a beautiful, wonderful experience, it dawned on me that 
I, I know who I need to work with and who I shouldn't work with and that I need to pray about it always. And I could have prayed about this last night and it really bothered my sleep for the first couple hours I was laying there in bed. And it's just, you know, my mind was really active. It just kind of felt like it was overstimulated. And so going forward, I'm going to start taking communion more often because I, I almost always take it every week. But I need to get back in the habit of taking it every day. And just having that one-on-one, -on -one, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes with the Lord, you know, it doesn't have to be a full hour. It does need to be some special ceremony. It's just that simple goodness of God that we need in our life every day that is super important. And I just love that. So I want to go on to um, when he talks to the church, to the church in, in, in Smyrna, I believe if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It says, I, this is a verse 9. It says, I know your affliction, your poverty, yet you are rich. So what is awesome about that verse is that what it reminds me of is it reminds me of God's promise to us that when we are in God's holy family, we are guarded and protected. And whatever the devil, whatever the evil one or his stupid jerk fallen angel workers, whenever they hurt us or harm us or steal from us, God will reward us. He will give us back what was stolen from us. And he will double or triple or give us a hundredfold of what was taken away from us. So basically what that verse tells me is God knows what we're going through. He understands our poverty, whether it's spiritual, physical, financial, whatever the case may be. But we are rich in Christ Jesus because when we are followers of Christ Jesus, we are abundantly blessed. So whatever the enemy uses against us for bad, God uses it for good. And I absolutely love that because I can think of so many times when the enemy came at me hardcore and you know what? The Lord turned it around and basically flicked Satan like a little fly and said, no, 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 you're, you're not going to do that to my daughter. You're not going to do that to her. So it's important to realize who you are in Christ Jesus, because if you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, then you're not always sure how to handle the slings and arrows that come at you from, from the evil one. And we, we need to have our armor up. And what I find interesting is that um, the enemy really likes to attack us at night when we're trying to wind down or trying to relax. And just I notice that it's usually when I'm trying to go to sleep that these thoughts come to my come to my head and I, I start getting worried. I'm like, how do I stop this? Well, the way to stop it is to get up and read God's holy word or take communion right before you go to bed. And that's one of those things that you kind of need to have a, a manual in your brain of what to do to fight spiritual warfare because that's the battle we're fighting. We're not fighting cannons or tanks or weaponry of that type. We are fighting a spiritual battle, but the great news is that the battle, the victory has already been won. So the, these little things that the evil one is dropping on us and trying to deter us, we should never allow them to, to bother our spirit, even at night. And that's usually when it gets me is at night when I'm trying to relax and the stress of the day, I think I've handled it. I think I've resolved it in my heart, my mind, my soul, but then some stupid thought will come up and doubt will try and creep in. So that's one of those things where you need to really pay attention to what is... The evil one trying to get you to doubt. Is he trying to get you to doubt the goodness of God? Is he trying to get you to doubt your future? Is he trying to make you think you're no good? You're never going to go anywhere, do anything with your life? You know, those are all lies straight out of the depths of hell. So just recognize that 
what the enemy does is he takes a truth and he attaches all his lies to it and tries to spin it and make it seem like he knows everything. And whatever he tells you or tries to plant these seeds in your mind, he tries to make it seem like it's truth by attaching his lies to a truth. So I took authority over that. I, I was just thinking, you know, I know I'm going to get this new contract. I'm not going to worry about these not so good people I was working with. And I'm not going to worry about them. I'm just not going to worry about that because I'm in the palm of God's hand. He loves me. He's taking care of me. And at this point, you know, everything has been good news so far. So I'm not going to worry about it. Um, one of the things that I love in chapter two is it talks about when you have the victory. I love this because we do have the victory. So it's important to realize that we already have the victory through Christ Jesus. So I'll close with this. It says, to the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. So he's giving us authority over situations on this earth. So we have the final say because our Heavenly Father already has the final say. Like he's already set it in stone that the victory is won. It goes on to say, I will give authority over the nations that one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, I will also give that one the morning star. I love that. You know, whenever God gives us gifts, it's never junk. You know, he never says, oh, I'm going to give you this heap of garbage. No, it's the morning star or it's one of the, the, the seven spirits. You know, God is always giving us blessings. He's not the one who gives us curses. That, that, that's, the, that's the enemy. So just know that when God gives you a gift, it's like the, the morning early, the, the bright morning early star. I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's, that it's that star that shines in the night. But it can precede you through the day. Because, you know, what we forget is that, you know, the stars are still there in the sky. We just don't see them until nighttime. So just note that, that your destiny has meaning, and it's already written in the stars. It's already written in the Lamb's Book of Life, what God wants to accomplish in your life and where he wants to take you, and that you are very much important to God, very much. Otherwise, you know, look at it this way. Whenever the enemy is coming at you, man, you, you, you need to look at it as that you are on to something good because the more the enemy fights you, the more he knows that you're about to come into abundance, the more you're about to come into another blessing, the more you're about to be blessed. So I look at it this way. I know the enemy's tricks. I know that the more he tries to tell me I'm a failure and that these people are going to harm me or stalk me or whatever the case may be, because that has happened at other previous jobs. But whenever the enemy is telling me that now, I know that that's a lie straight out of the depths of hell. And I know that this job is going to work out. I am going to land this contract and I'm going to do very well at this company. So I'm not going to worry about it. So what the devil does is he, he takes a truth like a traumatic event from your past and makes it seem like it's always going to repeat itself. And it's like, no, 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 no. I draw a line in the sand and I draw that line with the blood of Christ. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So you just have to remember who you are in Christ Jesus so that you can conquer these situations. And what I'm learning is to not let them take hold of my mind. Because when they take over your mind, it takes over your heart. And I don't want any of that sinking in there. I mean, there are times that the biggest battle sometimes is in our mind. And just trying to really rear it towards the, the right things. 
and really hold fast to the word of God. And that's why I read my Bible. I underline stuff like crazy. I mean, it's, it's truly a blessing. I absolutely love it. But I will go ahead and end this lovely podcast. Um, as usual, I pray that you are happy, healthy, and whole, and that you're having a wonderful day and a wonderful week. If you have any questions, feel free to message me anytime from my podcast website. So until next time, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Smallest steps, waves transform the earth.